Turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, the ninth chapter, 35th through the 38th verses. You have to know I'm following the Lance Davis whirlwind from last Sunday. Heard about it all the way up in Fairbanks from a credible source that you uplifted the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. The Gospel of Matthew 9 through 35, 9, 35 through 38. Please stand if you can out of reverence to God's holy word. I respect for his word, for as I've said before, heaven and earth shall pass away. But his word will never pass away. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every, somebody say every, every, every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Somebody say compassion. Passion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Somebody say few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. Let us pray. Now the heavenly Father, the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer and the church said amen amen and amen you may be seated in this holy place subject this morning is the lord of the harvest the lord of the harvest <clears throat> The Bible says in this particular passage of scripture that Jesus went about as he normally would do. He goes everywhere. He is everywhere at the same time, particularly now that he has been resurrected from the dead. The spirit of God is everywhere at every time, on time, before time, and will be here after time. Jesus went about all the cities and all the villages. And there are three things that he was doing according to the scripture. Uh, he was teaching in their synagogues. Uh, how many people know what a synagogue actually is? Uh, synagogue means house of gathering. 
And not only did they worship in the synagogue, but it was a community center. Not only was, did they worship and was a community center, but it also was a social hall. Not only was it a worship center and a community center and a social hall, it was a place for prayer. You do remember the passage of scripture where Jesus says, my house shall be known as the house of prayer. I don't mind you worshiping in the synagogue. I don't mind you even having it as a community center for cultural advancement. I don't mind you having dances there from time to time as a social hall. But I want you to know that first and foremost, my house shall be known as the house of prayer. Uh, the place where we communicate with God and God talks back to us. That is of utmost importance that you can get a prayer through because the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And if we could not communicate with God and have the ability to listen to him in that quiet, still, small voice, then some of our living may be in vain. We need to hear from God. The synagogue is a house of gathering where he taught the people the word of God. The second thing he did was he preached. And notice that teaching comes before preaching. He preached the gospel. The gospel is the good news of the kingdom of God. He preached good news. So therefore, if you hear any preaching that is not good news, it is not the gospel. I'm going to say that again. If you hear any preaching that is not good news, it is not the gospel. The gospel is about the good news. Regardless of what's going on with 45, the gospel is about the good news. Regardless of what's going on in your home, the gospel is about the good news. Regardless of what's going on in your personal relationships, uh, the gospel is about the good news. Regardless of what uh, is happening in your professional association, the gospel is about the good news. Regardless of what's going on in your school or perhaps on your team or in your particular debate club or with the people up on the street, the gospel is about the good news. And the Bible said that Jesus was about the business of preaching the gospel and the gospel means good words or good news that was the second thing that Jesus did as he went about all the cities and all of the villages the, the third thing that gospel did uh, that Jesus did through preaching of the gospel was he healed every sickness and disease among the people any sickness or any disease that you may have had when you heard the good news, when you heard the teaching of the kingdom of God, Jesus was able to heal every sickness and disease. I wish I had more of the spirit of Christ in my life that I would be able to heal some of these sicknesses and some of these diseases that I see going about the various places in our communities among our cities and villages. I, I just wish I had that miracle healing gift by which some people wouldn't have to suffer from the very sicknesses and diseases. Many of them, 
these days are technological diseases and they did not necessarily exist at the time of Jesus Christ. Nevertheless, our God is powerful enough to heal technological diseases. He can heal you from everything that you may be going through, regardless of where you might be living, because he went to every village and every town and every city of that day, preaching the good news and healing everybody of their various sicknesses and diseases. And all they had to do was to believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior. That's all they had to do. Uh, some people call it faith healing. All you had to do was have faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed that Jesus was the Son of God and you could be healed. Healed from every sickness and disease. That's what happened in the 35th verse. But in the 36th verse, it starts out with one of those words you ought to pay attention to. But. One T. But. It says, but when he saw the multitudes, the throngs of people, the masses, the crowds of people that were gathered around for the teaching, the preaching, and the healing, the Bible says he was moved with compassion. I, I, I was confused by that because, after all, if you're going to heal me, you must feel a little compassion for me. You got to love me a little bit to want me healed, else you can just let me lay there and die. But, but, but Jesus was moved to compassion even after he provided healing in every city and town in which he visited. Jesus Christ had uh, compassion when he saw the multitudes, the throngs of people, the masses and the crowds of people that gathered around uh, to hear his teaching and hear his preaching and to receive his healing. He was moved with compassion. Looked a little bit into the word compassion and find out that compassion means he had empathy with the people. You know, some of us have sympathy with folk, but we don't have empathy with folk. You see, sympathy just simply means that you is glad you glad is not you. That whatever's happening in somebody else's life that may be tragic, tragic, you're just glad it's not you. I sympathize with you. In other words, they, they put it like this. I feel for you, sister. I feel for you, brother. Well, you feeling for, but you ain't feeling with. And when you feel with, you have compassion. That's called empathy. That's called, emp called empathy. Uh, do you really understand what I'm going through? Do you really understand what these circumstances in my life will mean for my family and my friends? Do you understand what it will mean for my church? Do you understand what it will mean for my job situation? Do you understand what it will mean for my health and my strength? Do you really understand? Do you have empathy with me? Or are you just, well, I, I, I feel for you, brother. I, I feel for you. And you ain't feeling. You ain't, you, you're not feeling. You ain't touching nobody. You ain't feeling. You're not feeling. You, you just simply say, I feel for you. You have sympathy. Uh, you glad it's not you, uh, but you don't have compassion. You, you're not there with me. Uh, that's why I believe Jesus was named Emmanuel, which by interpretation means God with us. Somebody's going to be there 
when you're hurting. Somebody's going to be there when you're suffering. Somebody's going to be there when you don't know which way to turn. Somebody's going to be there when you got a zero checking account. Somebody's going to be there when you don't know how this disease got up on you, but it's spreading throughout your body. Somebody's going to be there and be empathetic or compassionate towards you. And when Jesus saw the multitudes, the throngs of people gathered around and the masses of the people, he had compassion. He was right there with them. He's right there with us today. In your problem, in your personal situation, he's right there with you today. All you got to do is listen for him. He doesn't speak very loud because he doesn't have to. If he spoke too loud, too many people would get up from the graveyard. He just speaks a little bit. He's to you. He speaks with a still, small voice in your mind and in your heart. If he called you too loud, somebody else with your same name, they would get up and be healed too. You need to know and understand that God speaks all the time. All you got to do is listen. That's why he gave you two ears and one mouth. In my case, my ears and my mouth are about the same size. You need to know and understand. That God is able to fix these things, and he fixes them because he has compassion on you. Even though you may have been healed from your disease, it doesn't mean that your life is all together. Yeah, you can walk now, but you still got some of the same old mess going on in your life. Yes, you've been to the doctor. He's giving you the right medicine, but you still got other things going on in your life. So just because you've been healed physically does not necessarily mean that you've been healed spiritually. Am I talking to anybody today? I just need to know. I just need to know where I am today. I haven't been in a while. I need to know where I am today. I am in a place where people understand that you can be physically healed, but your spiritual life is a mess. You need to know and understand that Jesus Christ understands that situation. And when he understood it, he was moved with compassion. Jesus Christ, when he saw it, was moved with compassion because they fainted. And that's something they fainted. They fell out. I used to be a Boy Scout, never got above the rank of tenderfoot. They used to have us stand by the flag on a certain day, and my knees locked up, and I fell out in the church. Yeah, I did. I fell out, fell out on the ground. Mama was crying. Daddy said, let him lay there. You know, I was just on the stand where I fell out. He locked his knee. I didn't have military training back then not to lock your knees. I just fell out, chief. I just fell out. All my friends started laughing at me. He fell out, fell out. And therefore, I had compassion when me and my wife got married and my son, who held the rings and ran out to church with him, fell out. Everybody else was laughing at him, but I had compassion because I had fallen out with the flag, the American flag of all flags to fall out with. Don't want to fall out with that flag. Fall out with the Christian flag that you might be covered with the blood of Jesus Christ. But don't fall out with the American flag. But that's, that's, that's got all kind of regulations associated with that. The Christian flag just has Jesus, you know, the cross, the blood associated with that. And so I fell out, and, 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 and now I had to show compassion on my son because he fell out holding my ring. And that, that ring, man, that, you better find that ring. Amen. And so as we looked at the people, they received compassion from Jesus Christ because they fainted and were scattered abroad. You know, when, 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 when you faint, you know, you don't know where you are. Sometimes you lose short-term uh, uh, memory. Sometimes you, you lose your mind. Sometimes you don't know where you are. Sometimes you just want somebody to tell you what happened because you don't remember what happened. And, and you're, you're, you're scattered in your mind. You're scattered in your mind, in your mind. You're not scattered. You're in the same place you fell out. But in your mind, you're scattered. What happened? I don't know what's going on with my body. I just, I just, I just fell out. I don't know what's going on. And Jesus likens it to uh, people as sheep having no shepherd. 
sheep, sheep, sheep having no, no shepherd, which basically means that you, if you know anything about sheep, if they don't have anybody to guide them, they'll be in the same place 40 years from now if they live that long that they were 40 years before, eating the same grass and munching on it and nibbling on it down to the root. And therefore, if you don't know where you are, once you faint, then you're going to be in the same place you fell out. Amen. Some of us in the same place we fell out. We fell out with our family. We're in the same place. We fell out with our friends. We're in the same place. We fell out with our coaches. We're in the same place. We fell out with our, our, our relatives. We're in the same place. We fell out with our coworkers. We're in the same place because we fainted. And we were like scattered, didn't know how we got where we got, didn't know how the relationship broke down like it broke down, but it's broke down and you don't know how you got there. Jesus had compassion on people who went through that kind of thing in their situations and various social activities of life. Even though, even though, even though, even though he healed every disease, but he still had to have compassion on those who fell out and didn't understand how they got to where they were Jesus Christ, the healer, Jesus Christ, the preacher, Jesus Christ, the teacher, had compassion on them because they scattered as sheep, having no shepherd, no one dedicated to them, no one devoted to them, uh, no one determined to protect them, no one who galvanized or unified them, no one who discerned whether they needed or what they needed, uh, no rod, no staff to protect them. They were like sheep having no shepherd, and so they stayed right where they were, eating grass down to the root, or like my mom used to say, to the root. She's from North Carolina, so don't talk about her. You need to know that Jesus Christ understands that situation. Jesus Christ had compassion. But what is the conclusion of the whole matter after his, this compassion that Jesus Christ showed to the people? The conclusion of the whole matter comes in the 37th verse where it says the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. It lets me know that God does not have a harvest problem. God has a labor problem. You understand? God has souls that need to be saved. That's the harvest. But he has a labor problem because nobody wants to lock arms with nobody and help them toward their salvation. He has a labor problem. He, he has a labor problem. There is plenty of product. There's plenty of unsaved souls. There's plenty of poor, maimed, and blind. There are plenty of crippled and lame. There are plenty of unproductive people. There are plenty, plenty of lost and directionless and scared and impotent and shifty gossipers and bike batters. There's plenty of harvest. I just don't have no laborers. That's God's problem. God doesn't have any laborers. And so Jesus says the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. The laborers are few. Of the many problems that God has had in his very existence. From everlasting to everlasting and before everlasting. Uh, to the end and after everlasting. He still has 
a labor problem. He, he seems to be doing the work all by himself. He seems to be traveling all by himself. Even the laborers that he had called disciples, they don't quite understand what their job is. Uh, they seem to get ahead of themselves, uh, not wanting to wait on the Lord and be of good courage and let him encourage their hearts. No, they want to get ahead of themselves. Even the laborers that have dedicated themselves to follow him throughout all these cities and towns and villages don't seem to understand that you can't hurry God. You just have to wait. You have to trust him. And, and, and no matter how long it takes, he's a God you can't hurry. But he'll be there. Yes, he will. He'll be there. Don't you worry. He may not come when you want him. See, my mama knew that. I, I remember her now. But, but, but he's right on time. God has a labor problem. Labor problem. Labor problem. Laborers bring on such things as labor unions. Isn't that right? They bring on, you know, you've got the sheet metal union. You've got the carpenter's union. you got the IBEW. you got that union. you got all kinds of unions. And therefore, with all these kinds of unions, you would think that they would unite because the word unity is in union. But you don't see the carpenters working with the electricians and their unions. You don't see the... the, 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 the uh, uh, labor union, they have actually a labor union. You don't see the, 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 uh, the hotel workers union working with the other union. They all call unions, but they ain't working together. They do their thing and they go. When the electricians get done, they done. And therefore, they can't do certain things until certain other people do their thing, like the carpenters or the plumbers union, whatever they do, uh, and they got it all really worked out. But, but, but once they do their job, they're done. They're not concerned about how good the carpenters do their job if they're electrician. They're not concerned about how others do their job unless it affects how they do their job, then they're concerned. If somebody doesn't put the right conduit up or put something up there that, that the electrical cord has to go through, yeah, then all of a sudden they, they got a problem. But normally once they finish, they're done. They're done with the job. And they put a sign up and said, this job was done by IBW. And they, and they get all the credit individually on their jobs. Then if you're dealing with a union, you got to deal with labor strikes. You got to deal with... Uh, unpaid labor dues in the church that's called tithes and offerings, in case y'all didn't know. Hey, unpaid labor dues. You, you, you got to deal with labor disputes, tattling and backbiting and arguments. You got to deal with labor mediation. You got to deal with labor committees. You got to deal with lazy laborers, you know, wanting to know what the benefits are to them and not what the sacrifice that has to go into getting the benefit. You understand what I mean? Everybody wants to get paid, but nobody wants to sacrifice. Nobody wants to do the work. Uh, that's why I honor Omega Sapphire, because they out here at 17 degrees out here handing out people. Uh, and, and I sure ain't paid them. So you need to know and understand that, that people sometimes don't want to have the commitment of, of work, but they want the benefits. Everybody wants the food. Jesus Christ understood this crisis and said, the harvest it's plenteous, but the laborers are few. Therefore, we know and understand that what the conclusion of the whole matter is. Well, preacher, you said gospel preaching is, is about good news. What is the solution? 
What is the solution? I, I'm glad you asked that question because it's in the next verse. It, it's in the next verse. It, it, verse 38, it says, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Y'all got that? Don't pray to the God or the Lord of the laborer. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Y'all do know the difference between those two lords. You see, the, 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 the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And the harvest, you know, if, if you don't get the harvest and reap the harvest quickly enough, uh, the fruit or whatever it is will die on the vine. But pray that the Lord of the harvest, who understands what it means to die on the vine, pray that that Lord get a laborer in here that will save the harvest. Because the laborer don't understand that I'm dying. <laughs> I, had too, I had too much time to study that, brother. You have to understand that the, that the laborer doesn't really understand the harvest's problem. The problem is if I hang out here too long through the springtime and, and harvest, if I, if, I, if I hang out here too long through the summertime, grapes going to turn into raisins. And, and if you hang out here too long, then they won't be good for anything but to be thrown into the ground and, and possibly to be made fertilizer there. The laborer's God doesn't understand what I'm going through. The laborer's God doesn't understand what it means to be a harvest. The labor, when I asked the Lord to change me, I didn't know how to be changed, then the laborer, uh, didn't understand the need and the necessity, didn't understand the urgency of what I needed. I needed to be changed. And that's be changed spiritually. That's changed physically. And if you're a baby, you still need to be changed. No baby wants to stand in a bunch of stink. They want to be changed. Did you understand that? Amen. You need to know that the harvest is plentiful. But the labors are few. Didn't nobody come into this earth saying, I want to be a crackhead when I grow up? That's the harvest. Pray that the Lord of the harvest, when they want to be changed, when they want to be a, a, a prominent or a, a contributing member of society, pray that his Lord that wants him to be changed and he wants to be changed or she wants to be changed, send somebody. Because the laborers don't seem to understand the urgency of what I'm going through. They don't seem to know what is happening in my life. They don't seem to know about these unpaid bills. They don't seem to know about the police on my track. They don't seem to know that this methamphetamine is cooking my brain. They don't understand I need somebody. I need a laborer. And the laborer's God ain't good enough. Because he doesn't understand. But the Lord of the harvest, he understands. You see, that, that, that God understands. He understands what the need is. He understands what the problems are. He understands what it's going to take to get right with God and to do it now. Uh, the, 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 the Lord of the laborer, you see, you got to understand that the, a laborer is simply a saved harvester. You see, sometimes when we get saved, we forget about those that are left behind that didn't get saved. So don't throw your, your nose up in the air because you saved and now you're a laborer and you don't have to deal with the harvest no more. 
But the Lord of the harvest beckons us to each one teach one, each one reach one, each one gather together those bales. Gather together those, like we used to say, bringing in the sheaves. We'll rejoice together bringing in the sheaves. You know, the sheepskins, you know. There was the sheep. Yeah, 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 that, I'm old. So, so that, that, that pray that the Lord of the harvest have an effect on the laborers. Because the Bible says that he will send forth uh, laborers into his harvest. And see, it's not the laborers' harvest. The people don't belong to you. People ask why I smile all the time. I smile because whatever people do don't matter to me because they're not my people. They're God's people. You understand? God's people. God's people. Not mine. Now, if they were my peeps, that would be a problem. But they're not mine. They're God's people. You God's people. You belong to God. You are a child of the king. You ain't the child of me. I don't think so. You're the child of the king. We need to beseech the Lord of the harvest. We need to beseech that God that understands. We need to beseech that God that knows and understands, who will hear our faintest cry and answer by and by. Uh, that, that God that will help us to feel a little prayer wheel turning. It did say pray. It did say, yes, it did. Pray ye therefore. Feel a little prayer wheel turning. And then you know this little fire get to moving in you. You have a little talk with him. He'll make it all right. We need to. Pray to that one to send a laborer to me that will preach the good news, that will teach the good news, and will heal everything that is wrong with me through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. We need to pray to him, not to pray to somebody that, well, I got mine, you got yours to get. Not, not to pray to somebody that already got it made and three or four retirement checks coming in. Not that God. You want to pray to the God who understands what the gutter is all about. You want to pray to the God that, that understands what having no food is all about. You need to pray to the God that's going to deliver the one that, that didn't know that OCS was going to come and take their kids, but their kids gone now. You need to pray to that one. You need to pray to that God that understands what it means uh, to be homeless and to be, to be hungry and to be hurting and, and to be uh, hopeful in spite of. You need to understand that God, because that God will understand you and send me somebody. Send me somebody. In this case, the only somebody who understood was Jesus Christ. You know what? In your case, he's still the only one that's going to fully understand. And he's available to you. He's available to you. He's the only one that understands your problems. He's the only one that understands your situation. Because quiet as it's kept, we all are harvest. We all have sin that comes short of the glory of God. We all got problems, mentally and physically, physiologically, all got problems. Even with gynecologists, if we did, I ain't got that problem, but somebody got that problem. Somebody's got all kinds of urology problems. Some people got orthopedic problems. Everybody got problems. We're all harvest. So if we're all harvest, then pray to the Lord of our harvest. He'll send you a laborer that make everything all right. He'll send you a laborer 
that will fix every fault. He'll send you a laborer that understands your situation. He'll send you somebody that will know there is nothing new under the sun that he done dealt with this problem before. He'll send you somebody that won't be embarrassed by what your situation is because he done fixed it before. And if he fixed it before, he'll fix it again. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will come on in the room and have your own way. Yes, Lord. He said, Jesus is my doctor. He writes down all my prescriptions. He gives me all of my medicine in the room. You are now in the room. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send a laborer in this room that we might leave you saved, delivered, healed, baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire and move on up to help somebody else because I'm a laborer today but tomorrow I might be a member of the harvest. I might be down. I might be crippled. I might be lame. I might have my mental faculties taken away. The few that I got left but pray that the Lord of the harvest will come on in the room and be my doctor. Write down my prescriptions and be everything I need him to be in this room. 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 And if you know anything again about the synagogue, his house shall be known once you gather as the house of prayer. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest send somebody, a laborer, send them forth into his harvest. I belong to God and you do too. That's who you belong to. Pray the Lord of the harvest. Don't pray for them laborers because them laborers have got up out of here. They done got up here and gone. They got their benefits. They got their pension plan. They, they, they got everything. They got their kids out of school. They, they, they don't have them problems no more. The problems that you're going through. They don't have no bills no more. They don't have no student loans no more. They done moved on. Thank God for those that ain't moved on. I'm praying for those people to come back to the harvest. Come back. Come back and help some young man. Help some young girl. Help them to know and understand that Jesus has not forsaken them and will never leave them. I need those folk to come on back to the harvest. What are we going to do, preacher? You praying for all this stuff? Let's see what we're going to do. You know, I think what we need to do I think we need to put our work clothes on. That's what I think we ought to do. The Bible says, I mention the Bible a lot. I, I, well, I don't really apologize for it, but I mention the Bible a lot. I, I don't mention policy and procedures. I, I don't mention constitutionalities. I, I mention the Bible a lot because all that comes under the Bible. And so what I mean is that when I say we're going to have to put our work clothes on, I go right to the Bible because the Bible says put on the whole armor of God. That's what we need to do. Put on the whole armor of God. The whole armor means that you have your loins girded about or covered uh, uh, with the truth. Notice that he starts out with the truth. And the truth will make you free. What else you going to put on? I'm going to put on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm not going to try to wrong nobody intentionally. I am going to try to do the best I can. And when I can't do that, forgive me. 
And I still try to do the best I can, the best breastplate of righteousness. What else you going to put up? I'm going to have my big feet, number 13s, shine with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The good news that, that comes with telling somebody about Jesus. And when you tell somebody about Jesus, peace will follow. That peace that surpasses all understanding. The peace that gets ahead of understanding. When I don't understand something, I have peace about it. Well, because I don't understand you, but do you have peace about you? I got pretty good peace that you know what you're trying to do. But, 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 but do you understand? Well, I am trying to understand. I don't understand. But do you have peace about it? Is it going to hurt you? Have you tried him? Have you done anything to keep up the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace? Then you got to have the shield of faith. When you go out, you got to have the shield of faith. Therefore, when the darts are thrown at you, when people ridicule you, when they call you everything but a child of God, then what you have to have, throw up the shield, throw up the shield, throw up the shield, throw up the shield, the shield, 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 oh, you got the shield, shield, the shield of faith, faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and then, big as your head is, making, you need the helmet of salvation, boy, you need to be saved, you got to put on the helmet of salvation, notice that, that is on your head. Therefore, there gonna be people that ain't gonna try to stab you in the heart. They gonna try to mess with your mind. The mind is the battlefield of the devil. They gonna try to mess with your mind. And so God already knew all about that. He put a helmet on that. Ain't like that boy from Pittsburgh. He lost his helmet. Just want to see if y'all paying attention. Helmet of salvation. Then you got the sword of the spirit. Which is, somebody said, which is, which is, which is the word of God. That's all I got when I get dressed and put my work clothes on. The word of God. But don't forget the next verse. Pray always, unceasingly. Even after you put your clothes on, you think you're ready for battle. You got to pray always. You got to pray like your mama prayed for you, knowing that you was her son, but knowing that you done done some things you had no business doing, but you're still a boy. You're still, you're still her boy, but, but son, you shouldn't have done that. You're still, you're still my boy, but, but you shouldn't have done that. Pray always. So let's go to work. Jesus says, my father worked hitherto, and I work. Let's go to work. It ain't nothing like going to work. Getting up early in the morning, get a cup of coffee, maybe a little breakfast, maybe nothing at all, but going to work because the harvest is plentiful. We got lame folk. We got crippled folk. We got malnourished folk. We got folk that don't know Jesus Christ and the partner of their sins. We got folk that's losing their children, losing their minds, losing their health. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. And if we go to work, we can work it out. If we work it out, we can come back and be blessed for the harvest is plentiful and the servant is worthy of his hire. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, the feet. And what happens after that? Somebody going to have a testimony, mother. 
Somebody going to have a testimony. We saw lightning fall from heaven. Somebody going to have a testimony. We saw the person that we never thought could get right. Got right. Isn't that something? Because there's some folk we think can't get right. But he got right. She got right. She got her babies. She got a job. She's wearing them clothes that don't tighten up around her so tight that you don't know whether the clothes is wearing her or she wearing the clothes. You need to know that that person can get right because it's the Lord of the harvest that understands why she dressed like that in the first place. And if the Lord of the harvest knows, the harvest God will make it all right. Don't give up on nobody. 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 Have we reached to the point where we're going to stick our nose up in the air because people want a cup of coffee here at the New Hope and Baptist Church? No, we ain't giving up on nobody. Why I say that? I say that because, you know, I had a tendency to want to get up on a couple of people myself. I said, well, that, that brother, that brother there look like he gone. Don't look like he going to make it. I, I had sympathy for him, but I have no compassion for him. I ain't talking about nobody. <laughs> I'm talking about me. You understand? I'm talking about M-I-C-K-E-N-S. That's what I'm talking about. I gave up on him. Then he came downstairs one day, and he said something that was so true. And there were only a few folk down there that heard it, but I wasn't the only one. He said, you know, y'all have too many meetings. Oh, man. <laughs> he might have been whatever y'all thought he might have been, but he knew that. Y'all have too many meetings. I want a cup of coffee. <laughs> we going to meet on that? That's all I want. That's all I want. I tell you, the harvest is plentiful, but the labor is a few. Let's put on our work clothes. Go to work and find out that the Lord of the harvest will lead us to help somebody that we didn't think could be helped, and they'll give a testimony about how beautiful and how pleasant are the feet of them that preach the gospel of good news to the people of God. They give a testimony. When, when I didn't have nothing to eat, I could come by New Hope Baptist Church and they give me a morsel of food. Somebody left out a few biscuits for me. Somebody left out a little hero sandwich or two. Somebody gave me a little cup of coffee. Somebody got me on the road called straight because I didn't, I, I, I didn't grow up wanting to be on the street. I didn't grow up wanting to be on drugs. I didn't grow up wanting to be an alcoholic. I didn't grow up wanting to blame it on the a a a a alcohol. I didn't want to grow up that way. I just fell into some circumstances that only the Lord of the harvest would understand. Somebody slipped something in my drink. I didn't know it, but once they did it, I ended up like this. The Lord of the harvest would understand. I didn't, I didn't want to be like this. As a matter of fact, I was just like these children that were up here. I had all A's until I got uh, past puberty. Then all of a sudden, the Lord blessed me with a body I didn't know how to handle. Huh? Huh? Somebody said I looked good, and I didn't have no daddy to tell me already when I was five that I looked good. So I thought him telling me was a new thing. No, baby, you always look good. You don't have to worry about nobody else telling you that. I already told you that. What else he got to offer? Got a job. Got a two-car garage. Got any benefits. 
got in the gumption, got in the can-do attitude. What has he got? Because whatever he else he got, I guarantee you there's another man that got the same thing. I guarantee there's another man that got the same thing. I ought to have some amens from some men in here. Don't be shamed. God is able. I can't get away from that. To do anything but fail. Pray that the Lord of the harvest send somebody. We got plenty of somebodies in here. But where they sit? Send somebody. Help these young people. Send somebody. Help these old people. Send somebody. For all the people in between. We got enough resources. We got enough knowledge. We got enough education. We got, we got all that. But are we linked up to the Lord of the harvest? For the harvest is plentiful. Uh, but the laborers are few. I'm over time. I'm sorry. God bless you. Let us all stand. Amen. Amen. Let us all stand. Let us all